Welcome to the Film Photography Podcast, episode 113, November 15th, 2014. My name is Michael Rosso. I'm here in the studio with Leslie Lazenby. Hi, everyone. John Fidelli. Hey, well. And Mr. Matt Mirage. Hey, what's going on, guys? I have to tell you, it's so thrilling. I'm so thrilled to be sitting here with you guys. It's, it's sort of like very... Uh, you are so caffeined up. <laughs> Bustle through these episodes, you know, like rah, rah, rah. But you take <laughs> doing that to savor, savor the goodness. This is the uh, internet radio show for people who love to shoot uh, traditional film, whatever format you might be shooting. We're going to be talking about a bunch of different stuff, all filmy, all filmy, filmy today. Hey, I'm going to roll in our brand new spot I recorded for uh, thedarkroom.com. You know, this time of the year, with the holidays coming up, many people are seeing family and friends, and it's the perfect time to do filmy things, <laughs> like getting prints made, getting mugs made, holiday cards, processing your negatives. So here, here's a, a spot I just cut from the guys at the darkroom, giving FPP listeners a very, very special, special offer. offer. And I'm thrilled to announce that our good friends at thedarkroom.com are offering 35% off. That's right, 35% off anything from their awesome website. Film processing, printing, metal prints, canvas prints, mugs, holiday cards, and a lot more. Anything at thedarkroom.com for FPP listeners. By using the special code FPP35OFF, that's right, FPP35OFF, at checkout to get 35% off anything at thedarkroom.com. Film processing, printing, metal prints, canvas prints, mugs, holiday cards, and a lot more. Now, most of you folks out there are already using the darkroom, which is awesome. And quite a few of you have met either Phil or Keith from the darkroom at one of our fab meetups in the past. This offer is good from today, November 15th through December 6th. So please act quickly to get your 35% off at thedarkroom.com. Thirty-five percent off excludes gift certificates and items already on sale. You know, this time of year, the the gift buying time of year. I just wanted to I just wanted to give a quick intro to our FPP Plastic Filmtastic Debonair Camera. That's right, the FPP. That's right, the best thing since buttered bread. The FPP. Debonair 120 film camera. So if you buy an FPP Debonair camera, it's $19.99 US plus you get a roll of film with it. It is the best bargain on the planet regarding medium format film and the two, three, four, five thumbs up for the FPP Debonair are coming in daily via email. This really is a plastic film-tastic. Hey, let's run our Christmas spot for the Debonair. And don't forget to pick one up. This is a camera in the FPP store. Ooh, really? It's a it's a plastic filmtastic 120. Look at that. Yeah, a one. <laughs> this is known as a 120 Debonair camera. Ooh. 
It takes 16 shots per roll of 120 roll like film. It. It's not a Holga. It's not a Diana. It's made at a mysterious, unknown factory in Hong Kong. Nice. Sometime in the 1980s. Uh-huh. And FPP just acquired a it's boatload. Just sitting in a box somewhere it. in a warehouse. All Literally these. a boatload. It has a uh, F8 60 millimeter super lens. It's super. It has a uh, hot shoe on top. Hot, hot shoe. shoe. Ooh. And you, you folks out there can have this camera. Okay. Go to filmphotographyproject.com. You click the store, and then you go to uh, 120 film cameras, and there it is. So this is a great awesome. 120 star awesome. camera. Yes. If you've to. never shot 120 roll film before, this is the perfect camera to start, start with. Ooh, look at that, Dave. Perfect camera to start with, roll <laughs> film. This is a good camera just to keep in your bag oh, because yeah. it's going to give you those dreamy. Good, good sound. You get double, that awesome. triple, quadruple exposure. Sounds like a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. And of course, by visiting the filmphotographystore.com also helps keep us going here at the Film Photography Podcast. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. Hey, Matt. Hey. You know, when you're not f- doing filmy things. Uh-oh. Okay, well, so, you know, we started doing the, what was, what was that segment called, Leslie? Final vinyl. Yeah, and the final vinyl. You, you, I'm just kind of sitting here like, oh, okay, the records. Uh. Well, I have my own old school thing that I do. Um, I analog obsession. Very, yeah, it's very analog. It's probably the antithesis of like the because I, I used to be really into computer games. <laughs> oh, okay. And everything, and I just like work. You, know, you work. 40, 50 hours a week, you're like, no, I can't. I don't have a part-time job to commit to playing this game. <laughs> so I stay up till one o'clock in the morning, uh, playing old school uh, Dungeons and Dragons, like the old, like the books and the dice. You the can paper. play that by yourself. No, no, no. There's little, there's groups like Columbus, there's like Mecca for. No, it's like the original tabletop RPG. So you, you like roll dice and you know you get eaten by dragons and elves. Like yeah, a, like, yeah. A, like a game, like yeah. Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah. It's fun, right? Yeah. So it's, it's it's different. So. so there's like a Dungeons and Dragons club. Yeah, there's. And there's, you play with. You yeah you. It's like so. It's like a billiards room. You walk in. There's people playing. Yeah, there's like a group of usually four to eight people, and there's one person that's the DM, yeah, the person that like narrates the whole thing. So a lot of it's like theater of the mind as well that's, as that, that, little I'm, tabletop things. I would. Like to you'd be, you'd be like, be like the dungeon master. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah the DM. The dungeon oh, okay. Uh, no, John would be the best dungeon master because he would just come up with just the craziest stuff on now, the spot. Down on Sandusky Street, can you play that on Sandusky Street in Findlay? Yeah, you can. In fact, uh, that's where I kind of like learned a little bit about the game. Uh-huh. And then I went, I went back visiting Findlay, and I found all these old books. Dennis at the store had them, and I, I bought a bunch and got wow. into it. So apparently, like once you're into one old school thing, you're done. You're in. You're you're into every other old in school. In for a penny, version. in for a pound, baby. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So that's uh, that's what I'm doing now. Um, I guess I guess if you see me on the street, you have to beat me up for your lunch money. Cause I'm, uh, I'm just, actually, that though, I'm getting that ready geek. to set up my Atari 2600 in the oh, shop. Classic. I yeah. was going to say, so Wesley, I have the joystick uh, thing. John and I share a vinyl obsession. Uh, Matt is a uh, gamer. Yeah. Gamer. Wesley, do, you, do you have an analog obsession? Um, You're not doing filmy things? Pretty much filmy things. I can't really think of anything. Pick up sticks. Well, maybe. <laughs> Mar- you mentioned marbles. Actually, probably the Jones would be my old school thing. Puttering around the Jones, man. Puttering around the Jones, yeah. If you've seen Beetlejuice, it's sort of like that, right? Um, 
Yeah. There, there are Five rooms. story. Oh, yeah, there's rooms. and. This is the Jones Mansion in Finlay. It's yeah. an old mansion that you and a group are restoring. We had the walking workshop there yes, we, that's last right, year. Yes, we did. And last summer. there have been so, some, like there's a ghost in the house that lives there, but it's friendly, like a friendly cat. She doesn't right? like men. Oh, yeah, I've got not an issue one with her. She's always been okay. So guys and then when we refinished the floors, we got a little boy. There's a stain that showed up in the floor that's his shoulders and his head. He's got mouth, yeah, eyes. I saw that. So he's a little boy in the floor. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's so, seen the photos of it. Creepy. Yeah. Not really. But it's not a creepy house. No. You don't feel good vibes in there. In there. I, I, from around one, did. But anyway. Anyway. Well, thank you, Leslie. A few shows ago, or last show, or previously on the FPP, we have been talking about processing your own film. Mm-hmm. You know, throwing oh, it in. color. Yeah. yeah. Color, black and white. C41. Uh, a problem that I run into, I actually called Leslie on this, is, you know, here in Butler, New Jersey, where the FPP studio is, the water is a little hard. And we have some... Uh, uh, minerals in it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I would dry my film just using my two fingers and then put it hang it and then I get these nasty water st- they're actually like mineral water yes, circles water. Mm-hmm. I mean they make your pictures look cool if that's what you're looking for <laughs> but you don't always want that so I call Leslie uh, and one of your topics is how to clean negatives for scanning or wet printing what is wet printing and then darkroom printing oh you- the dark room oh yes okay. traditional chemicals so the title of my segment is, hey, John, yeah. <laughs> want to see some dirty pictures? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, photographic here from so, a few months ago. All in all, this actually more is uh, an after treatment. You've got dust or whatever. You're getting ready to print. But, and this is definitely for modern materials. This is not for daguerreotypes or old things. So think about this being as modern materials. Obviously, one of our first and best friends before we scan is hit it with a can of air. Uh, there's also... N- dedicated negative brushes. Um, I don't know. Is Static Master still in business? No. Uh, Costaner. um, Uh, Costaner's a thing you can get. Yeah. They're, once your negatives are dry for dusting, also fantastic for the bed of your scanner. Mm. Kodak also had some some good ones you can get get your hands on the little dusting could be that are made um, specifically for then there's for a Kentronics film? as well too oh those, well are the, those are the nice ones yeah, yeah so you I can use a, those to clean out film holders I do I have a 4 by 5 one that I bought probably I don't know 15 years ago price tag is still on it of $179 so Freaks. but they you know they last forever <laughs> you rub your hand across them you wash them you don't want the skin oils on them so a dedicated negative brush is a good thing and one of my secrets in the studio because I have a, a business that deals with this all the time. People bring in boxes of cardboard mounted slides. You're going to scan them. You can blow canned air on them all you want, but that microfine dust still Mm. sticks on there. And I use generic post-it notes. Oh. Because they're not as sticky as regular post-it note. And I just literally just run it right on top peel it back, right on top, peel it back, both sides, and it pulls all that fine, fine dust up. All that fine, fine the dust. fine, fine dust. Without pulling showed, off your emulsion. Uh, no, it does not. That's why I usually use the generics, because it's just less sticky. Hmm. And then uh, another option, too, is PEC-12. Oh, it sounds like C8. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's poison. Um, 
Oh, it's, it'll make you high, but PEC-12 is a liquid product, P-E-C-12, PEC-12. They make PEC pads. They make, um, uh, those are dry. You can put a chemical on them. They also make the electronic versions for screens, uh, computer screens, your phone, which is fantastic. So, well, we but the liquid, PEC-12. What do you do? Uh, you put it on your cleaning device. They rec- you recommend it. put it on, it. like, a, a pad or something. Yes, exactly. One swipe, one, <laughs> one swipe across, not two. You're just dragging dirt over it. Fold it over, get something new. It is an amazing product that you can actually take a Sharpie marker right on your negatives, and it will take it off. Oh, you hear that, Dane? Sharpie. This oh. has to be a permanent marker, not a water base. So I get prints in. I get slides negatives in that have been in fires. They have soot, oh water damage. It's time for the PEC-12. It's major stuff. It, so it, does that de- uh, takes the static away as well as not it's not its role it's cleaning more than de-stat right but i have to be careful that if it's really old stuff this has to be a negative uh or slide that's gone through a hardening process Mm. so most fixers have hardener in them that type of thing today not a big deal you can use it on fiber based prints you can use it on rc sometimes you write on an rc print you slap it down wasn't dry it transfers to the next one dear Clean it off, not a problem. Uh, takes ballpoint ink off too. There's a product called Edwall No Scratch. Oh. So if you have a big old gouge in your negative, you can coat it oh, with Edwall no and kidding. print it. That's awesome. And there's no scratch uh, visible anymore. But it's a very thin oil-based product for scratches. For scratches. Ask a quick question. Mm-hmm. Going back to high school, I don't know, my, mm-hmm. my, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Koob, who ran the photography uh, club, mm-hmm. which I was in, me yeah. and one other kid. <laughs> I swear, there's no one there. He talked about scratch negatives for for printing. He's like, nose grease. Yes, it's a thin oil. Oh, so you could literally take your pinky, wipe your nose, atop your nose. On a thin one, if you've got a really deep scratch, you've got to go something heavy duty. But yes, absolutely. But what? Uh, so and then, but that stuff's hell to get off negatives afterwards. But the PEC 12 removes it nicely, and that is an archival product. Mm. But don't use it on an inkjet print, um, albumin, chromogenic films, dye transfers, glass plate negatives. You can use it to clean the base side, but not the emulsion side. What would you clean the emulsion don't. side with? Uh, I would use Kodak Film Cleaner, but no. that's really hard to find anymore because they weren't allowed to ship it a few years ago. Don't use it on your polychrome slides. Pull anything off, maybe more so with a uh, sticky note. Oh. And it really is not intended to be a lens cleaner or a glass cleaner. This is a negative product or slide product, film product. So that saves you oodles of time retouching. Mm-hmm. Because uh, who likes to sit there and retouch dust and that kind of that thing? Stinks. Yeah. It does, yeah. Or something, don't fear if it's something really, really permanent. You think the kid got the marker out and is writing on everything. Because I think the PEC-12 comes in a little four-ounce bottle, so you don't have to buy it by the quart, which I do. I've always been a fan of the PEC pads. Yes, aren't, yes. Now, uh, dry or pre-soaked? Uh, hmm? uh, you know what? I think it's just the e-wipes that come pre-soaked. E-wipes. Yeah, yeah the electronics. Use the dry. You're using the dry. The dry. Yeah. And they come 4x4 four four and 9x9. Nine nine. Yeah, 4x4. Four four. That was all I ever needed. The 9x9 mm-hmm. nine nine felt like overkill because I was already using something else for storage, like the mm-hmm. class scenes. Yep, there you go. Well, what's your, what's your? I'm curious, Leslie, what's your process when you're scanning film that doesn't have magic marker or anything on it? You know, just to de-dust it and take away the static like what do you do when you're scanning what's your procedure with each personal or or customer personal personal i usually can't wait to scan them so they've literally just dried so there's not a lot of dust on them Mm. but the first round is the canned air yeah so so you put them in the holder put them in the holder 
blast them with some air. Front and back. Turn it over, blast the other side. Mm-hmm. Put, put it, it down, down, scan it. Now, what happens if you scan it and you see more dust on there? You just hit it with the can again or you get a brush out or something? I retouch it out. Yeah. I don't like to redo things. So I Because no matter how many retouch. times, and sometimes oh, I'll I get know. it with the air and it'll blow it out of the holder. I'm like, ah, uh, So I've gotten into the habit of, like, I have the, uh, the gloves, you know, mm-hmm. the lint free gloves. Yes. And I always run my fingers. I like to see they used to make, like Static like Master used to make a similar product that had two brushes on each side. Same thing. Pull well, it through. Am I adding more static to it by doing that? Like, Probably not. No, it doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. that's what I do. I'll hit it that way with my mm-hmm. fingers. I'll run it between my fingers. Then I'll put it in the, in the holder. Then I'll hit it with air. And then I'll scan it and go, there's still dust on there. Yeah. Pull it off with a post-it note. Yeah. What about, you know, I've cleaned the top part of my scanner, but it looks like underneath the scanner there's dust. It's possible, but a, that's a different focus plane. Yeah. So, so it, you're it not picking that not up sharply, no. Okay. And you can. Yeah. Unscrew them, take them apart, and clean them. Yeah. Backing up, if you're processing your own eggs, before you get to that stage, yes. how to get these nasty watermarks off? Um, some people strip them down with their fingers. That's never one I do that. I never recommended that. You can also buy uh, squeegees. Mm-hmm. Squeegee gloves. Oh. Two-sided squeegees. But make sure you dedicate it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody else use it. That's then you know you're not going to. Yeah, yes. you won't pick up. And that's also makes it rapid dry because you're pulling a yeah, lot of that out. And Leslie keyed me into this too. When I was still doing uh, C41 at home, I have a, a pair of C41 um, oh. yeah, squeegees. squeegees and then black and white squeegees too because you have stabilizer on the, mm-hmm. on the C41 and E6. So. Interesting. And <laughs> up until recently, I used uh, Premier Photo Wipes. They're green, absolutely lint and scratch free. Mm. And I will pull them down with that what are too. They Premier photo wipes. We can't There's, find them, right? No, we can't. No. They uh, show up on the bay once in a while. Don't tell me but about it, then. I know, but I think Kim um, wipes also will do the same thing. So that saves you some time sitting behind the computer and retouching mm-hmm. the stuff and getting back out and shooting. Yeah, and sometimes you don't even notice it. Until, uh, sometimes until I post it on Flickr. Of course. And then I'll do a little cute you know, yeah. quality control on it and look at it and be like, how oh, did I miss that? Oh, I went all the way through everything the other day and did it and then thought, oh, Newton's rings. <laughs> Cursed Newton's ring. What yes. are those? Well, what are, what are Newton's rings? But it's that little reaction when it hits exactly flat on the glass. Uh, it makes all these different little concentric circles. Little rings, and, yeah. yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a flicker pool for those. Um, and see, typically even... <laughs> Uh, sometimes, because I detest the Epson holders, mm. I just get the good old frog tape out, and I will tape my strips of negatives right down on the scanner bed. Really? Yeah. It they're does, perfectly do you, flat. Do you have to realign your scanner for I that? I do not. You don't? I don't. I get really? a much sharper scan that really? way. And um, because huh. if I'm doing a tri-X and it's cupping, you know, cupping. cup thing, yeah. more than the curl thing, the cup thing, yeah. and I haven't taken the time to really flatten it out, yeah. I just tape one side down gloved hand again you know with the cotton glove push it out tape the other side nice and flat really hmm. yep then scan it that. scan the whole thing and just crop my I little images so tired out of putting, that, the, putting them in the holder and i see that cupping and i'm yes. like what's going to happen because to my the negative? edges the edges are softer right mm-hmm. so and a much uh for larger negatives mm-hmm. when you can't be taping those down the whole time four by five and up uh, I bought some 8x10 ANR glass. That's another Good. option. So anti-Newton ring glass. There's a specialty yes. glass. Oh. And it's, it's micro-etched 
so it won't have that reaction. Exactly. You have some of that. Tiniest yeah. uh, Gepi slide mounts used to have anti-Newton glass. Yuppie slide mounts? Gepi. 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 Not guppies. <laughs> there's no, there's no <laughs> yuppies or fish from the AN mounts, yep. and it's just ever so slightly dimpled, just so you don't get that perfect contact. Yeah, I'm if you if you are probably looking, so much faster too, right? Oh. Yeah. If you're Sorry. looking for the no, that's all right. If you're not if you don't want to be taping the whole time and you want like the you know the elegant you want the yuppie solution, <laughs> um, you can go to betterscanning.com and they sell their own custom made Epson V700 with anti Newton ring glass already in there. You just drop in your nags. No yes. way. Yeah. They do. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Say that again. Betterscanning.com. Betterscanning. Yeah, here, let me, I'll, I'll pull, right pull it up. That's a really nice holder. This is nice. It is. I got it on Amazon. Oh, sorry. Really? Yes. Yeah, so you go to betterscanning.com and you just select. You know, Look at this, John. You just select your scanner, Epson V700. Boom. Click there. They get these holders. They have stuff for the big films. So now, what do you do with those? Well, these it, are for 120, it's, that's, right? Uh, yeah, it's 120, and then it's the uh, four, five, five, seven. So those and holders are like how? I don't understand. Oh well, well, there's that's their own holders, which are just they, they ah. include the glass. If you just need the glass, there they go. Right, they so just you, sell just you, the glass. You just put your negative down on the scanner, yep, lay the glass, on and top. lay the glass on top. Boom. Ah, that's it. <laughs> Love that. Anti-Newton glass isn't cheap, and don't try to clean it. Like, you know, don't try to, like, spray glass cleaner or anything on it. Just wipe mm. wipe it down dry. It'll be fine. Yeah. One side's smooth, one side's dimpled. Yeah. So Luckily, I, I got mine off of my – I haven't been using – obviously, I haven't had the space at home. <clears throat> I, I stole the two pieces of anti-Newton glass that were on my 8x10 enlargers negative holder. Oh. So if you, if you want to get anti-Newton glass on the cheap – Old enlargers that you might be able to find from, mm-hmm. from folks, especially cold light sources, will have nice anti-Newton glass for the big negatives. So they're showing it here with, within the holder. It's sized, yeah, it just goes But right. can you just put it on the scanner itself? Yeah, you sure can. That's how I do my tens. I drop oh. it right over. So, so actually, I don't need the holder. Actually, no. you could oh. just uh, put the whole piece on, like yeah. th- three, four strips down on there, yeah. cover it with a piece, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can buy an 8x10. Yeah, get an 8x10 piece of anti-Newton Oh, really? Yeah, they sell them all. So that would be way cheaper than buying a 120 uh, piece of glass and then oh, a 35. I don't know, well, they just upsell you, so it's like it's going to be like I think it's 89 or 90. It's like 90 hundred bucks to get an eight by ten sheet of it. it. Sounds a lot easier though. You'll have to. It is a lot easier. Peruse that. Yeah. Yeah. Ring a ding ding. Uh huh. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank well, you're you, welcome. Very informative. We're going to be uh, right back with uh, more show. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, host of the Film Photography Podcast, and a huge thank you to folks out there who have donated to the FPP over the last few months or year. If you love the FPP and really dig the podcast and continued blogs, videos, then please consider donating to the Film Photography Project, and you could do so very easily by either finding a camera, a film camera that works, and consider donating it to the show. Do you have any excess film that you're not shooting? Or if you can make a contribution, you could easily do that on the FPP Film Photography Project site and click Donate. Everything that's received is used for the Film Photography Project and its podcast for our monthly giveaways and any monies that are made in the FPP store just fuel the podcast. Let's keep these shoes going. The Film Photography Podcast. It's here for you. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, this past October, our very own man on the street, Hunter White, sashayed on down to the PDN Photo Expo 
in New York City. And he has recorded two very special interviews exclusive to the FPP, an interview with our good friend Brandon Remler from Fujifilm, and an interview with Epson about their new V800 and V850 film scanners. Hunter, take it away. This is Hunter White, FPP's Man on the Street, and I'm at PDN with Brandon once again from Fuji. How are you today? Everything's perfect here at the big show. Yes. So we were just talking a little bit about what's new with Instax. Maybe you could tell our, our listeners a little bit about what's up with Instax this year. All right, Fujifilm is introducing four new cameras. We're introducing the two new Mini 8s, the Grape and the Raspberry, which everyone can see here, right? Then we have the new Instax Mini Classic 90, which is in a faux leather brown. It's actually really, really pretty. I'll take some pictures and send them to Mike to put up. Sounds good. So that's the same camera as the current Mini 90, but, of course, in the new finish. The real... uh, evolution here is the Instax Wide 210 is now going to be, well, next year when it's released, the Instax 300. And you can see the styling is similar to the Neo Classic 90. And we've just laid it out differently. A little better hand grip, included the tripod socket. Same film, same controls, just on a new body style. It's about the size of, like, say, a Mamiya 7. It's really kind of what I think is, like, the perfect camera size. Wow. Perfect camera size without all the weight. Yeah. Hey. It's like all the best parts of a digital camera grip without the worst parts, the digital. We'll have to put up a picture with you, the camera in your hand. Yes. So you guys are still doing, like, custom print on Instax and all of that stuff? Well, we have the Instax share system, so you can print from your uh, smartphone, as well as print from select Fujifilm digital cameras, which is a great feature. We can go direct from our X-T1 to the share printer. Right on. All right. Well, thank you, Brandon. It was good catching up with you. Always. Welcome. I'm here with Mark Pickard from Epson. We're here to talk a little bit about something we haven't discussed before, uh, the V850. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Very happy to be here. So we've talked a lot to you guys about the V700 and how we love it as a scanner. Um, And the V850 is here, so I figured why don't we talk a little bit about what's new, improved from the V700. Obviously, it's a couple generations back. So why don't you give us a rundown on the V850 Pro? Sure. Let me start by just talking about the difference between the 700 and and the new series, because there's actually a couple of models uh, in the middle there that you need to be aware of. Uh, the 700 was paired with the 750 in that generation. The difference between those two was optics. The lenses in the 750 have a higher, uh, or I'm sorry, have an anti-reflection coating on them. The mirrors have a, a high reflection coating on them. It just improves the optics a little bit. This is analogous to buying a better lens. You know, we're standing next to the Leica booth. Leica instead of one of the brands that's in the back of the hall. The, the difference can, in many ways is the coatings that they're using on the optics. Very high precision reduces the flares and, and things like that. So that's the difference between the 750 and the 700. So the new products we've announced. Uh, we announced yesterday were the 800 and the 850. The difference between those two are exactly the same, exactly the same optical differences. So when we've stepped up the the new models, we've replaced the fluorescent lights that are used in the 700 and the 750 with an LED array. And so that uh, eliminates the the mercury in production, it reduces the warm-up time. I was going to say, definitely. Yeah, reduces the power consumption and lengthens the life of the scanner. That that LED is going to last as long as you will. Those differences are very small so that someone that has a 750 if they were to move to the 800 
they ha won't see much of a difference. The right. image quality out at the end of the, the day is exactly the same. Okay. But now we step up to the 850 and you have that combination of the yeah. better That's lighting the system better lens plus the, the better... Even better. Right, exactly. So it's a nice big step up from the 700. Yeah. And, uh, and there's some other differences as well. Yeah, we dramatically mean, improved the film holders. Yeah, that's what I was about to bring up is the yeah. film holders are not just look different but are actually physically different. Why don't you talk a little bit about the film holders? Yeah, the biggest complaint we heard from that earlier version was how flexible the film holders uh, were. So it's hard to get consistent results from scan after scan right. if you can't get the film holder to act exactly right. the same way. Yeah. So we corrected that. We've actually reduced the number of 35 millimeter frames that are available in the scan in order to add more material so that right. it's, it's stiffer. Yeah. We've also dramatically improved how easy it is to just adjust the height of the uh, film holder above the scan bed. So you see that these yeah. are just little sliders that will move each corner of the scan or the film holder one half a millimeter per click. Wow. And so that allows so, you to very precisely locate that image. And, and lock down your focus. If exactly. It's a little off. Because we have a fixed focus lens because that will give us better image quality okay. than, and, a, than a variable focus. Okay, and it actually seems like there's some glass in here where the film goes. Right. It's actually a plastic material, but it's an anti Newton ring plate. What okay. that really means is it eliminates the distortion from a curved piece of film. Okay. So we're flattening out so the film. It's actually pressing it down instead of having to like, get another piece. It's of pressing glass. down on the edges against a flat plate. So Got it. Okay. it improves it dramatically. Okay. We can do any of the same film formats that we had in the previous version. So 35 millimeter, either strips or mounted, uh, medium format up to, I think, 24 centimeters long, something like that, and a 4x5. Okay. And we can do any of those up to 6,400 uh, dots per inch. Right. So extremely high resolution. Yeah, one last question. I'll be remiss if I don't ask. We have a lot of film shooters who shoot let's say a little more odd films um, like 110, 127 any hope of maybe some different film holder sizes? Well you can scan any format on the flatbed itself so uh, right now the only solution is to uh, is to do that and then, then manually select where the frames are and scan those at high resolution so those are still uh, available to you um, The unfortunately the market is too small for us to, to develop new holders for them because they literally cost hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to create a new right. And to do that for a, the very small part of the market, yeah. um, the, the reason we can keep the cost down under $1,000 is because we try and make it accessible right. to yeah. a very wide range of customers. Yeah. So while we'd love to to have the, the wherewithal to do this, yeah. th there's a whole lot of charity involved in that. I figured. So. I was just like, I might as well ask him here. Oh, no, it's perfectly okay to ask. Um, but it's important to us to continue to make these kinds of scanners available. And in order to do that, we have to keep our costs down. Otherwise, when you do something that has a very, very narrow range, the costs will shoot up very quickly. And I mean, you know, $1,000, uh, under a 1000 like, what is the 850 run? The 850, the MSRP is uh, 949 Okay, like, $949 might seem like a lot, but when you look at how expensive film scanners are of this quality that aren't these, oh, it's, you can't, it's astronomical. Right, you can't Emicon, do this. Thousands upon thousands of dollars. Right. A drum scanner, just get out of here. Oh, yeah, it's, a, it's the, right. the price of a new car. At right. least at least with yeah. the film scanners, it's the price of a used car. Exactly. Um, 
uh, and particularly if you're in the photography business, if this is if you're generating revenue, yeah. when you compare this to a drum scan, four scans will four pay scans for the scanner. scanner yeah. um, and uh, film scanners have very similar image quality when you when you compare the final results. Yeah. Most people only compare the resolutions, and that's the wrong way to compare exactly. the scanners. You have to scan, look at the final prints made from the scan. Like we were talking about earlier, how you know how big are you actually going to print it? Like exactly, you yeah. need to know that when you when you make the scan. That's how you choose the resolution you need. And to scan documents. And to scan documents. Well, we have dedicated document scanners yeah. available as well yeah. uh, that are a lot more cost effective than uh, than using a photo scanner. Yeah. That is that is a that uh, is a big true. sledgehammer for yeah. a very small nail. All right. Thank you so much, Mark. It was great meeting you. It's my pleasure. Hey, this is Mike, and I'm here to talk about Kodak Vision 3 35mm film. And you've heard some chatter right here on the Film Photography Podcast, and you may be saying, What? Is it? It is 35mm motion picture film, the very same film shot in Hollywood in motion pictures. And the FPP is buying this film direct from Eastman Kodak, and right in our FPP studio, I've been cutting it down into 27 exposure cartridges. You may be asking, why? Because the film is so awesome. And although there are other great Kodak stocks out there like Ektar and Portra, I think we all like freedom, freedom of, of choice. choice. The idea that we could pop a new film or a new to us film into our camera and experience what it's like to shoot. And the three films that are currently available right here in the FPP store, they're all Kodak Vision 3 films. The first is 50D. That's a daylight film, 50 ISO. It's amazing because it's so crisp. And the vision stocks capture so much detail in the shadow areas. It's a wonderful film. For a little boost, I recommend the 250D. That's a 250 ISO film that gives you a little more speed. Most remarkable is the 500T film. This is a tungsten indoor light based film perfect perfect film if you're a event photographer or shooting indoors let's say in a family dinner situation or something that's indoors or where there's mixed light but most of it is indoor light now this 500t film with an 85 filter orange filter over your lens can also be shot in daylight so it's an incredibly versatile awesome film for those who need some speed in the past, what has kept these films out of our hands is the notorious Remjet. This is the black carbon-based layer that's on the non-emotion side of the film that's designed to help the film in transport when it's in a 35mm motion picture camera, protects the film while it's running through at 24 frames per second, and this has kept this film out of our hands because there was no way to process it. But now, for those of you who are using our very own Unicolor C41 kit, 
you can process it at home. We have instructions right on our website, the additional step you need to do if you are processing yourself. But the biggest breaking news is that if you're not processing yourself, which is probably the majority of folks who are listening right now, you can shoot this film and send it to the Little Film Lab in California. That's right, the Little Film Lab. And each roll of Vision 3 film, whichever flavor you like, We'll ship out with a piece of paper of where you can send this for processing. Mind-numbing news because we can now all try the Kodak Vision 3 film. And you're going to be hearing about it here on the FPP. So, So get shooting and stay tuned. Thank you much. Hey, we're back, and I'm very happy to report that Mr. Mark Dalzell is here in the flesh in front of me while the rest are on a break. Yes. Uh, Mark can't stay very long, but he can stay long enough to do a quick camera segment. I'm very happy about that. Well, here it is. What is it? This is the Hoy (laughs) (laughs) Annie 35. Get the flash off it. This is a uh, 19... Oh, that's beautiful. What is it called? Hoy. Hoy. H, uh, the the Jap- <laughs> the Japanese spelling is H O E I, but the like the uh, Western on the front it looks like H O W A Y, but it's actually H O U A Y, Hawaii, and the model is called the Annie Thirty Five. Where the heck do you find all these oddball cameras? This was another one we mentioned it last time. This this I got at that Delaware flea market where I had sixty seconds to buy a camera, so. I managed to grab this one out of the bucket before my time was up. And it, was the flash on top of it? No, I jammed the flash. Oh, that's not, that's, the flash didn't come with it. It's just different flash. Yeah, this is my, this is my good old Viceroy wacky Did, I see flash. a note on the bottom. Did you shutter test this camera? Yeah, this one has been tested. And is, is it a fixed shutter camera? Uh, it's, a, it's a fixed shutter speed. This is a little fancier than the camera we were talking about oh, last time. Oh, look at that. So it's, it's a fixed shutter speed, but variable aperture. So at least you get apertures with this one. Is this a... Uh, very early 1960s, you think? Uh, yeah, I would say. Early I'm, no- early, I'm yeah. noticing that seemed to be like the like a few cameras are marked like that on top, engraved on top. Yeah, like the it Can- has, some yeah. old Canonets have that. Well, it has kind of a Russian feel to it, even like it almost feels like it could be a. That's like a, a very like a strange camera. camera. Yeah, it's got kind of a, a mix of. Of styles. When you on. saw that, you fell in love. I bet you're like, "Oh man, look at that thing!" This is, you know, it's too bad Dane's not in the room right now. This is totally a Dane camera. This is something that he would love. But uh, yeah, it it has, you know, like I said, it's a fixed focus, one shutter speed, which is right around a sixtieth, pretty solid sixtieth. Beyond that, um, it's got the, you know, it's got multiple apertures between eight and twenty-two, so pretty usable apertures. Um, it has a frame counter on the top, which is pretty high tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it does have threads on here that it'll actually accept. It's so weird. It will accept a Leica nipple to do uh, a shutter release. What is a Leica nipple? That's the little thing that you can screw on to a camera that does not have a hole. Oh. And then screw your, your cable into. Gotcha. So the fact that I can put a cable on this means I can put my little Kodak timer. So I can right. do, uh, So basically that adds a self-timer to it. It has a little wind stop. So uh, when I'm winding it, Yep. It stops at each frame, and then you flick this little lever like the um, uh, Argus C3 has, yes. the bricks have. So it has all these kind of odd little features. It has a cold shoe on the top. But then it's, you know, again, oh, it's got a PC mount, so it is X-Sync Oh, look at PC, that. And it's got the cold shoe on top, which is where I had the flash. This is a Japanese camera. This is Japanese. But then, so on the top of the, on the winder, yes. it's got your 
your film reminder. Oh, of what film you have in the camera. Right. Right. But it's fake. It doesn't actually turn. It looks like it's a film reminder, but they went to the trouble to put a a little sticker on there that says, like, color, black and white. It doesn't turn at all. Are you sure? Maybe it's just jammed. Yeah. No, it doesn't turn at all. This is the rewind? That's the winder. Is there filming? There is filming yeah. here. Yeah. So that's, that's Maybe the you just need to take a piece of tape and just stick it on whatever. No, it's because they even put a little screw in there. Like you can get it with your fingernail and turn it, but it's not actually. Why know. would they do that? I don't know. They went to the trouble of. Maybe they just they, never finished that feature. It's possible. They just thought, you know. Rushed into production. They'll stick another 10 cent sticker on the front and it'll make it look like it's a can, you know, like a Kodak. Are like, there other that's ca- like a Kodak feature to have that there. Now, is this a line of cameras? Have you heard of this company before? Do they make other cameras? Yeah, Hoy um, made a, a variety of cameras. Um, this is one of the more common ones. They also, uh, so this is the 35, which took 135. Right. 35 <clears throat> they also have the Hoy 44. 127. Which is 127, 4x4. So that was the more deluxe version of it. And they had stuff above and below it. So yeah, they, yeah, they had yeah. all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, really cool little toy camera that has just enough features to make it a usable camera. Right. It's not like a, like a box-level technology. You've got, you got your X, X-Sync flash. You've got four different apertures. Right. You've got a frame counter. You know, that just sort of makes it just civilized enough to be usable. Open that baby up. How do you load that thing? Uh, just oh, like a regular camera, was, except uh, there's film in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, it's just like a regular... And what film do you have in there right now? Uh, I currently have the uh, FPP 400. Oh, the Shmina? The AS, no, the ASH or whatever it's called. Shmina. Shmina A-S-H something something. Oh, I didn't realize that was Shmina. It yeah. is Shmina, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I've got Shmina Shmina 400. Yeah, nice. With my... Japanese-looking, Russian-looking, American-looking camera. I put some Russian film in it. Wow. And how many exposures do you have left? Uh, it's a pretty fresh roll. So, um, <laughs> of course, after I just said that, I realized I forgot to set the frame counter when I put it in. But uh, I've taken about five. So okay. I have about 18 left, 19 Yeah, left. yeah. Yeah. And so. will you soup that yourself? Uh, yeah. The D76 from March? I might mix up a new batch of ancient chemicals, but all the chemicals I have are from the 80s anyway. Right. So. Oh, okay. But it's still fresh. It'll work. Yeah, yeah, it'll work. It's powder. L- folks listening, uh, to soup your own film, to process your own film, it's, it's, uh, it's beyond stimulating. It's, it, it's, it, it, like, it's electric because like, you spend a whole day shooting, and then you can just go into your dark room, wherever that may be, in your bathroom, your basement, your garage, in an actual dark room, at a school, and then, bing, bam, boom, and you have your negatives. And then, if you have a scanner, scan them up, and it's, it's like instant photography. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Now that we've been doing color, I the, can't the tell you. The color is pretty much totally foolproof. Yeah, it's so easy to do. Um, it's even easier than black and white, which is yeah. still relatively easy. I can't wait on future episodes. Once you get all your Vision Three film in, this yeah. is the Kodak motion picture film, and I, I can't wait to. I want to hear the Mark Dalzell review of using the Vision Three. Yeah. Well, I do love, you got me on the Shmina. I do love the Shmina color. Oh, good. Uh, the 125, is it? Yeah, color 125. You uh, know, the funny thing is, everyone loves that film. I know. Everyone loves it. Well, the very first, I don't know what it was, six or whatever episodes ago, when Leslie tried it for the first time, and she said, it looks like what you want it to look like. And I, you know, I didn't really understand what right. she meant. But the first time I scanned some, I was like, that's exactly it. Like, it just looks like what the world looks like. It's perfect. Right, right. It doesn't blow out the colors. It doesn't, you know, it just looks like the world looks. It's, I was wow. very impressed. And I'm not being paid by Shmina to say that. Right, 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 right. Um, right. Yeah, it's just, it's just nice. Wow. Shmina film right here in the FPP store. I know listeners have been drifting over to the FPP store and checking it out. People are really loving what we're doing. And I'm thrilled, most because I'm the guy tinkering around with this stuff. 
I'm the guy catching up on all my Law and Order episodes. Mm. I'm on season three. Yeah. Paul Servino just got shot. Uh. Oh. Jerry Orbach. Paul Servino's out. Uh. Jerry Orbach's in. I, yeah, that, was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I 19- totally forgot Paul Servino was even. Only was for even one on season. Yeah. Yeah. So you used to watch that show? Uh, my wife watches anything that has detectives in it, so I've seen every single one of those. But uh, it's not not my cup of Women tea. Women love that show because that guy, that dude Chris Noth is on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know who he is? Yeah, Mister Big That's from right. Sex and the City. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, sure. And in the early episodes, which is like 1990, I think season one, it looks like Boy Big. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, he's a boy. So anyhow, Detective Big. We need to get back on track here. Thank you, Mark, for coming in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I look forward it. to hearing about, uh, you know, hearing your review of what you thought of. That's the thing. I have to really press you to come back with some, like, quick review of how cameras performed. Well, usually I have tested stuff by the time I get here. In this case, it just so happens I haven't been able to shoot this one yet. But, right. Because I've got 20 other cameras lined up that I want to talk about. So. And that's going in the bag, too, California? Yep. Okay, yeah. that's going in the bag for your next trip. I don't know where this is. Yeah, so, that, so in your bag. For yeah, like, this, this is next in line for me to test out take on, off and shoot. on the road. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, very good. Thank you, Mark. And we'll be back very quickly with more show. The Swinger, the incredible new low-priced Polaroid land camera for black and white pictures in ten seconds. <laughs> Meet the Swinger, the incredible new Polaroid land camera for 1995. It talks to you. Swing it up and take a look. Then turn the knob until it says yes, right in the viewfinder. Okay, you've got the right setting. Ten seconds later, you zip off a perfect black and white picture. The Swinger freezes action. It's always in focus. And it gives you beautiful close-ups. Incredible. Especially at 1995. Did you know that this year there is a Polaroid automatic land camera explosion? Hundreds of people have picked up Polaroid automatic land cameras because of FPP alone. Fuel your passion for instant photography and consider picking up a Polaroid automatic land camera right in the FPP store. All cameras are on my FPP workbench, are thoroughly tested, batteries reconfigured, and ready to drop into your hands. Stop by filmphotographystore.com and check it out. Hey gang, if we could just do a quick live spot for the FPP store, I would like to tell everyone out there, by the way, thank you anyone, anyone and everyone that has donated to the FPP, whether it's uh, uh, whether you opened your purse strings or whether you donated a camera. All the camera donations have been, uh, uh, cameras are kind of like brushed up, new batteries put in, vetted, as I say, and then uh, I get the call, Mm-mm. you know, Hello. like Andy called me. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, it's like, wow, I'm doing this class, and I could really use 15 manual 
When I say manual, manual with a light meter. Right. A, a, a 35 millimeter SLR for the class. Because, Leslie, I imagine, I mean, it sounds like, I think they're hard to come. I mean, you can go to eBay, of course, but where can you go for a source to find 15 cameras ready to go in this I, day and age? I couldn't tell you. I can tell you. Not to get 15. Right here. Drop an email. Yes. To Michael. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Let us know. Give him know. a little idea of what your project is. And yeah. It has to be a real project. You have to be a professor at a school. And now, and now we're <laughs> opening. The FPP is opening a satellite office. That's right. Yeah. In Findlay, Ohio. That's right. So imagine that. I imagine <laughs> that. It is the mecca of Northwest Ohio. Folks have been so kind so, that they send so many cameras that I'm kind of the Canon guy. Uh, the Nikons, well, the Nikons that come in, sadly, are not usually the Nikons that, like the manual Nikons. Mm-hmm. There's an awful lot of point-and-shooty Nikons. Mm-hmm. Mm, sure. But I'm saying the Nikon ch- shooters are just cheap. They're not sending you And they come in now. without the lenses. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, why is that, uh, Matt? The because they're cheap. They're not sending them. No, I'm just saying. No, why? Oh, because the Nikon lenses work on everything. Right. Yes. So the, the folks don't need their body anymore. Mm. So they're just sending the decapitated mm-hmm. Nikon bodies. But <laughs> Olympus and Minolta have an overage just to vet these. Because they come in and think about it. You know, oh, I'm saying it takes like hours and hours to go through each box, unbox it because of packing peanuts. Organize what it is. You know, see if it works. So, uh, Leslie was kind enough. I'm going to be sending the Olympus and the Minolta's to Leslie's shop. She's going to be vetting those there. Mm-hmm. And you have students wa- literally wandering in. I sure do. And occasionally, I'm sure, they, they could just use a camera to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yes, they can. A lot of times, the school supplies it and they get the bug. Right. And I guess you'll give them the drill, right? Use this. If you're not going to use it, bring it back. You got it. Or if you really enjoy it and you're shooting, just keep it. Right. But don't sell it. But I don't want to see this on eBay or right. I'm sending Fideli out. Right. You don't want that. <laughs> uh, so, But it's, it's wonderful. So, folks, if you have uh, film cameras or film you're not using, if you have mm-hmm. an overage of film, I get an awful lot of listeners who, you know how we all kind of overbuy? Oh, sure. No. We pack our freezer and fridge. Never. Mm. So a lot of shooters move on uh. to a different film stock. Like, uh, I think one listener is like, oh, I now shoot 120 exclusively. I rarely shoot 35, right. but I have a freezer full of film, so I cleaned out the freezer. Here you go. Make great use of this. Mm. And we will. And that's very helpful. Uh, the Skyo School in Oregon, mm-hmm. I supplied them with a, a, a mess of black and white film. A lot of black and white mm-hmm. film. So it's very, very important. And, of course, if you just want to buy stuff, that is also uh, very, very helpful for you to just kind of wander in, you know, virtually, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just, virtually. Just virtually. You can virtually, virtually wander in any time of day or night into the FPP store. And I get a lot of questions like, if I buy a pack camera, pack camera's like, oh, will it work? <laughs> You know, and I, each pack camera, Polaroid, is tested. I test them all. So you, you get, that's fine. You're going to get a camera that, you know, is ready to shoot. And, of course, it's a film menagerie. Is that hey, a good word? Hey, ask, oh. ask, ask Frank if it's going to work. Extravaganza. Frank, is this camera going to work? Don't be stupid. Of course it will. <laughs> yes, Leslie. Do all of your pack cameras go out with a battery upgrade? Yes. Unless otherwise noted. Okay. Ooh. Unless otherwise noted. Sometimes nice. I get like a pristine camera in. It's so beautiful that I just put the original battery in and mm-hmm. send it on its way. 
I yeah. actually would call your store the extravaganza or film palooza. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know what? There's probably no other online online store like it. Well, you know, I, not I'm to not to pat ourselves on the back, but I would like to say that you go to any store online, you see the film, and then there's a little description, usually cut and paste from the manufacturer's mm-hmm. site. Mm-hmm. But what we do at the FPP is I send film out, and we personally test it. Yeah, we shoot it. We shoot mm-hmm. it. So when you go to our site and you see a, you know, whatever, Shmino, even the Kodak film, like the Portra, Matt, uh-huh. your shots are there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. The Hawkeye traffic surveillance film, what we call it, Super Color. Um, you see shots that we shot, mm-hmm. and then if it's black and white, we usually have some developing tips. And I, I believe that's unique. Very. Definitely. Yeah. You, you don't see that. I mean, we really kind of embrace all the products, and we use them ourselves. So There's a lot of love. Yes. And when you have a question, we're here to, I'm always forwarding an email to of Matt course. or Leslie. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, so-and-so wants to develop this in, you know, I always use D76, so any other questions, I, I usually forward to Matt or Leslie. <laughs> so. so that's filmphotographyproject.com. Click the store button, or you can go direct to filmphotographystore.com. Consider picking up some film or camera or something, you know, to help out the FPP. Thank you much. <laughs> Matt, how do you feel? Hey. Oh, you know what? Let's do a letter. Hey, oh, yeah, I got one. Oh, great. Great. There you go. Hey, ooh, ooh. Boy's got letters. All right. You're on my so, junk all over the place. I'm sorry. Yeah, this, this is, is from... This one's from Paul. No last name. Hey, Paul. Hi, guys. I wonder if you can help me with a problem I'm having. I bought a Polaroid 405 back that fits the Fujifilm FP100C for my Graflex Crown Graphic. When I try shooting with it, my exposures show a little blurry color, but no picture. What, what settings do I need to have my camera at to actually get a picture out of the film? I don't know how the exposure for this film generally works uh, when combined with a camera like this and its manual settings. What can I do? Thank you much. Want to ask Frank what to do? <laughs> Frank, what should he do? Don't be sad, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's what you do. You get no. Um, so, so for, Matt, first, first step. What is the speed of 100C? 100. There Quick you and go. easy. <laughs> quick and easy. So ISO 100 film. So if you're actually shooting this stuff outside, real quick and easy, we have Sunny 16 to abide by. So you just you can keep your shutter speed at 1 125th of a second, F16, sun behind your back. Uh, it's getting November, so maybe maybe not so much 16, maybe 11, maybe 8 on an afternoon, early evening. If you don't have the, the availability for there to work outside with that, uh, you're doing portraits or something, you might want to get a handy-dandy light meter. I, I know uh, Mr. Rosso loves yes. his uh, Gossen Luna Pro F. Yes, thanks to uh, Beta Botka, who turned me on to it back in 1986. Oh, man. Gossen Luna Pro F. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, they make other models. And, of course, like any time I mentioned the 1986, a Sinatra, L.A. is my lady. Oh, yeah? he's, he's, he, he, L.A. is my lady. Produced by, uh, who's the... Rick Ocasek. No, who's the George Benson producer? <laughs> I'm not even going to try to reel him back in. Jones. Jones. Yeah, they had a long collaboration. George Benson's on that album, so not oh, the best. George Benson. If you open up the gatefold album sleeve, it's yeah. Frank's hanging out with Michael Jackson. No way. Oh. Yeah. That was Photoshopped. No, it's not Photoshopped. It's 1986, no. so it's like the bad Michael Jackson. Oh, KD. really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Hey, you wanted to be hip with the kids. Yeah, he hung out with Michael Jackson. How's oh, your I sister you Janet? About Michael Jackson. I remember she was a little cutie back in the day. 
<laughs> ABCs, you know what I mean, Michael. <laughs> so, Please back it Anyway, <laughs> back to metering. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, but if you, if you can, uh, any handheld light meter will, will do great. If you're going to be using flash, obviously you have to have a flash. Just meter it for 100. Um, if you're doing portraits with this, it, it doesn't often come up on a crown graphic because the, lens, the standard lenses on those are like a 135, 150. But if you're getting really, really super close, you're going to have to apply what's called bellows factor. Bellows. bellows. Um, I have a video on the YouTube about that. On the we'll YouTube? Po- yeah, we'll post that on, in the show notes. But if you just Google bellows extension factor, I'm one of the first things that comes up. But basically, for... Uh, when you have your your focal length of your lens on um, large format is 150 or 135, that means that's how far out the lens is going to be from the film when you're focused at infinity. You're doing portraits, that's much closer, so you have to move the lens further. The further up you move the lens, the further the light has to travel. Light falls off exponentially, so oh. you're going to have to add more exposure. I listen to you talk, and I'm like, I'm never, ever going to be shooting large format. Oh, yeah. so don't, so don't be scared, Mike. I'm scared. What, <laughs> what, what are you telling Wait. Uh, John, don't be scared. Yeah, Frank, it's Sammy. <laughs> I'm scared, Frank. <laughs> but if yeah, so what it sounds like is blurry color no picture. Sounds like you're just not adding enough exposure to it. Uh, he said blurry. Blurry color, but no picture. So if that's really really light, it could be overexposure. Yeah. Could the uh, lens be open? Well, yeah, the sticky shutter could be any number of oh, things here. Mm-hmm. Um, Call Mark and check your shutter. Uh, sometimes blurry color, no picture, could also mean it didn't get exposed, but there's a light leak, too. So they're, they're Right. Any, yeah. there's, there's only like 200 things that can go wrong between loading, <laughs> between loading and the final image on your large format camera. But I would say try metering it uh, mm-hmm. to – oftentimes when shooting large format, you have to stop down a lot more, which typically means longer exposures. So – don't be don't be surprised that doing a portrait inside might be a one to five second ordeal, even wide open. Oh, an ordeal! And yeah, you use like a that? still life and practice. Or something, yeah, exactly. But... Practice. Go uh-huh. outside. Try, uh, wait for a day where you can do sunny sixteen, and just you absolutely know everything's yeah, right. There you go. Everything's in focus. It might not be the most interesting subject in the world, but you'll know it works because that uh, right. that FP one hundred C. You know, you you don't want to don't want to waste it. Don't want to waste. No, a and pack. when you nail it, it's beautiful film. Yeah. Paul, I've already replied to you uh, via email by now, so uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, some good results posted yeah. from you too. But yeah, and write question. us back if everything turns out well. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. And as Matt's chatting, I'm obsessed with this Instax. Hey, hey, Frank! Hey, Frank! What is that kooky thing on the table, He's baby? He's gone through forty-seven dollars worth of batteries. What is that kooky thing, baby? Hey, baby, that's the uh, Instax Instax Share SP1. I'm sorry, it's hard to see. I only got one eye. <laughs> <laughs> what does it do? Let's not talk about that again. You just you do that later. We talking about We're in the middle of a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Knucklehead. Book of the month, book of the month. It's time for book of the month. Not exactly a book, but there is a new uh, dedicated e-magazine out there. E-magazine. So mm. the the kind the kind ladies over at the Eastern Sierra Center of Photography, uh, Miss uh, Miss Laura Campbell and Amanda Tomlin, the the kind ladies that sent me that that lovely uh, large format shirt, mm-hmm. and also have like this oh, large right, right, format right. collective. Yes. Uh, they started their own little e-mag, and it's it's really well put together. What's it called? It's called Looking Glass Magazine. Whoa! Very very neat looking. A lot of large format, black and white, uh, kind of traditional looking 
Uh, photography's up. Their first issue issue had uh, Saint Ansel mm-hmm. on the cover. Saint Ansel. So, uh, oh, that'll well, be in the Misty yeah, Map. Yeah. And issue number three, their uh, their October November issue has a certain person that's talking right now uh-huh. uh, in it. So oh, really? you, you can. Uh, yeah. th- it's a oh, piece. get out for real. Yeah. Yeah. Is it up yet? Yeah. It's, Do you have to pay for it? It is. It's a it's a it's a paid PDF. It's a sub. How much? Yeah. Uh, I think it's like twenty bucks for the for six issue. That's not bad. I mean, it might be might be less. Let me check. I gotta read. But no, it's a really solid-looking magazine. Um, they do a great job of curating it and making your, you know, putting it together, and making your stuff look really good. Um, ba, ba, ba. Where's the price? Subscribe. Six issues for nineteen ninety-nine. Wow! But no, it's it's really great. They're basically like well put together portfolios. It if you've ever read View Camera magazine, it's like View Camera minus all the adage because it's online that you know they can really keep it tight and all about the photographers. Nice. They got some really cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, I would say check them out. Sorry, lookingglasszine.com. So, uh, Z-I-N-E. Correct. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, check that out. Why don't you check it out? Why don't you check it out? Great. That's it. Thank you, Matt. We'll be right back. Hey, I just want everyone out there to know that you could write to the Film Photography Podcast. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Right, John? Right. Write a letter. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. If you want to write a letter mm. and send stuff. Yeah. You can. You can send it to Film Photography Podcast, P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey. That's B-U-T-L-E-R-N-J 07405, USA. P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey 07405. That's the same address if you want to donate a camera, a film camera that works, or some film to the FPP. Yeah. So send it on in. Send your love, baby. Okay. It's oh, all about yeah. Hey, everybody. You know, back in 2010, yes, way back, back in 2010. 2010. I started chatting about like, hey, why doesn't FPP, why don't we make our own 620 spools? Because at the time, back in 2010, it was so difficult to find a 620 spool. And of course, 620 film is nothing more than 120 film. It's the same film. The only difference is the 120 spool and the 620 spool are different. 620 spools are much thinner and they fit into the old Kodak brownies, some of the Ansco cameras, and just some of the 1950s, 1960s cameras that quote-unquote took 620 film. There's no reason not to shoot with these cameras. You can get authentic, newly produced, mold-injected 620 spools right in the FPP store, filmphotographystore.com. So you can now roll any of your favorite 120 films right onto a 620 spool. Or if you don't want to roll, you could just buy 620 film right in our store world's largest selection of 620 films and it's growing every day get out those kodak brownies you will be amazed at the amazing images that can be made on those old kodak brownies get out your 620 film 2014 2015 and beyond 620 film thank you much hey this is michael rosso with the polaroid minute for november 15th 2014 Once again, I'm drawing upon all the emails that I've been receiving as of late. One of the most frequent questions I receive 
is how can I test my Polaroid camera? When I say my Polaroid camera, I'm speaking about the Polaroid SX70 cameras, Polaroid 600 cameras, and the Polaroid Spectra cameras. Now, these cameras do not have any batteries in them. So if you're at a flea market at a thrift shop and you come across a camera, there is no way that you can test the camera. Or let's say you buy the camera. The only way to test the camera is if you had a pack of film or an empty pack of film that has a battery that still works. The battery is in the film packs. The best way to test these cameras is to be prepared. And if you are social on the internet, buzzing around various threads, the best thing you can do is to align yourselves with another Polaroid shooter. Someone who is constantly shooting Polaroid and Impossible Project film and perhaps, perhaps you could persuade your new friend to give you an empty pack of film. Or if you're feeling confident, buy a pack of film and have it in your bag with you. For the hours and days and months and years of enjoyment you'll receive from this camera once purchased, I think it's well worth the effort. Until next time, keep on shooting instant film. Hey, really quick, you know, Matt, we're oh, talking hey. a lot about large format and, you know, bigger things. Yeah. Big. I want to talk really, really briefly about something called 110 film. We haven't talked about it in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Ah, you got me. Oh. What's great about 110 film, first of all, it's a cartridge film. Uh-huh. It's, uh, how, how big is the 110 film? I'm walking away. Uh, no, <laughs> you're so fast, you're, you're, your head will be spinning. <laughs> Uh, the good for our good friends at Lomography um, and FPP is a Lomography uh, partner store. You could buy Lomography film at filmphotographystore.com. But the amazing thing about 110 is now is the best time ever to shoot 110. You can find the cameras for nothing hmm. on the bay. Look for the 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 ones that do not take batteries. Trust me. They always work, like the Kodak 608. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple models, Kodak, that take a 9-volt. Oh, for real? Yes, the tellies, like the 600 telly. Beautiful camera. Yeah. Some take double A's, yes. like the Vivitar. So there's a few. The Vivitar 600, nothing mm-hmm. to do with Polaroid film. Takes two double A batteries, has a built-in flash. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. But you can buy a color print film. You can buy a black and white film. You can buy a color slide film. Mm-hmm. And that's really yeah. incredible. I never shot the slide The slide film. looks pretty cool. The slide looks great, John. Mm. If I give you a roll, will you shoot Heck some yeah, 110? Yeah, I got my Minolta pancake at home. That's right. How would you like that's the fun. size of that film? It is 13 millimeters by 17 millimeters. Mm. Right, wow. 0.51. And if you're sending your film to our friends at thedarkroom.com, you don't have to worry about scanning. Just send them the film. They'll process it and scan it for you. Have you done that, Leslie? If you send them 110 or... You d- I have not. I sent 110 to Blue Moon, I believe. Okay. I uh, think. Our good friends at Blue Moon Camera Blue and Machine. Moon. If you need yeah, a typewriter, those are the guys to go to. Yeah. And I didn't, don't I recall you very daintily processing some black and white 110 in a teacup? A teacup, I did. I didn't have a developing reel, so and I did just... You, did you actually... I just held on to it and kind of dip and dunk, you know, rock back and forth. That'll work, that'll work. Because it's it's storytelling. Make a little Mm -hmm. story. And if you are shooting black and white Tri-X, I'm sure there's processing out there, but if you're sort of imaginative, you can figure out a way in a tray maybe to kind of process it yourself. I... I think there may be some YouTubes on how to process that loopy-wise. Oh, like you crank um, it into um, like like an eight-track tape. You put it on a, some, a Yeah, loopy-wise. <laughs> and they used to have daylight 35-millimeter processors. It was we, all inside a box. It rolled it up on one end. You'd roll it through the chemistry. Right. You can't dump roll the whole reel because the chemistry won't get in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you, you need to... Um, 
Yeah, you need to unravel it. Right, you yeah. need to have a, a loop in there, essentially. But if you unravel but it in a big tray and then make another little loose loop. You'd have to keep. You do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you do it again. For 50 feet. And you're talking about like six minutes. I, I and then you take it out, yep. you wash it, mm-hmm. and then put it in your fix. fixer. And All right. Well, let us, let, us, let us know how it comes out. Yeah. I may actually try that. I of course, you'll be involved, John, because we'll have to shoot something. Okay. Yeah. I'll be stupid for you. Okay. <laughs> Sit on a bench. Here's John. Yeah, uh, chips, you're, not, uh, you're not stupid in this one. We'll put this on the show notes. Yeah. I look frumpy in that instead yeah, of Here's a good one, lonely. John. Oh, here's a good one. Look at that. There you uh, go. That's the uh, nice and nice easy. And easy. So. Yeah, yeah. Me and Frankie look like brothers. Yeah. I think we have a cover for this show, folks. All right. Yeah, and we'll be back in two weeks.
this job for this baby. 